It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. What's happening, Reggie? Happy Thursday. We're almost there. Happy Thursday. Almost to that lovely, lovely day we call Friday. But we can't mm. we can't skip out on Friday Eve. So let's get into it. Yes, sir. Got another big show lined up talking which Minnesota Vikings cracked the latest top 100 NFL list. Plus, talk some Twinkies. Plus, later, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. It's all coming up on Superior Sports Talk. But first, save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-served business serving do-it-yourselfers like Reggie and I for over 20 years. Reliably low prices for every customer, brake parts, tail lamps, even new carpet for your vehicle. Go to rockauto.com today and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know we sent you. That's rockauto.com. All right, we're two months away from the NFL football season when week one of the preseason kicks off. NFL expert Pete Prisco from CBS releases top 100 players. Quick snapshot of his rankings. The top five go like this. Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Cooper Cup, Tom Brady right behind him at number six. The Minnesota Vikings have three players represented in the top 100 club. Justin Jefferson at 13, Dalvin Cook at 41, and Harrison Smith squeaks in there at number 99. Let's start there before we get into the Packers, the NFC North, the entirety of the list. Reggie, Vikes have one of the best 13 players in the NFL in J.J. Pretty cool. He's the third-ranked receiver on the list behind Cup and Devontae Adams. Dirty Harry, again, just squeaks in. Any quick takeaways from the Vikings' three players on the list? Uh, it's interesting uh, that his top 10, you know, kind of after you get past, like, the quarterbacks and, and Cup, like, He's going defense. He's yep. going offensive tackle. He's going cornerback with Jalen Ramsey. And it's so interesting, too, that on his list of top 100 players is J.J. at the third wide receiver on the on the list. <laughs> but J.J. couldn't get any first-team all-pro consideration. It's kind of weird to, to see that. It's like, well, if he's the – if he's the third best receiver in the league, why couldn't he get any love? I mean, where's Debo? You know what I mean? Like, why is he? Why isn't he behind Debo on this list? And I think it's interesting too that, you know, just after one rookie year, Michael Parsons is right behind Justin Jefferson. You're like, wow, wow. Okay, that's what we're doing. You know, I think. I think it's pretty justified, the, the three players. Um, I think for the novice, 
of the population that you know they they know about the Vikings, but they don't know about the Vikings. Mm. I think these are the three players that you will probably expect to be on here. Teams that make the playoffs go deep in the playoffs just tend to get a little bit more love, a little bit more spotlight, spotlight on specific players too that can get highlighted a little bit more. Touching on the NFC North, check this out. Packers have five guys on the list. What's scary, they would have had six had they not traded Devontae Adams, who landed number 11 on the list. Goes like this. Rodgers, two. Jair Alexander, 25. Devondre Campbell, 63. Rashawn Gary, 64. And Kenny Clark, 92. Four defensive players in the top 100. They just added two more first-rounders to the mix. They lose Devontae. Just how different is the identity of this Packers team going to seem when we sit down and watch them turn into a defensive-led unit? Or is this still the Aaron Rodgers show and it just really doesn't matter who's lined up out wide for him? So it's always going to be the Aaron Rodgers show as long as he's there. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the strength of the team. You know, this team has gone through a considerable makeover on offense. You know, they lose Devontae. They bring in Sammy. They draft Christian. You know, I think what's interesting to see is the team is always going to be like an Aaron Rodgers team. As long as he's there, their identity is always going to be through them. But, you know, as we kind of saw with with Peyton Manning, I don't think Aaron Rodgers' like skills are eroding like Peyton Manning's did um, down the stretch in Denver. But, you know, Peyton Manning was still Peyton Manning. So as long as he was out there, like he was going to be the guy that people were going to be talking about, that people were going to be focusing on. But Peyton Manning was burnt pie Mm. his last year in the Mm -hmm. league. Like he was barely getting those ducks out there. Noodle arm. Yeah, it really wasn't that fun to watch. (laughs) But like that defense was nasty and it carried them. And look, a healthy A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, that running game is going to be dynamic. And Rodgers is going to do what he needs to do to keep the team in the game. And to, you know, he's going to do some dynamic things because he's Aaron Rodgers and that's just what he does. But I think the team is really probably going to develop more as a defensive minded team a defensive first team and that's going to be a very great compliment to Aaron Rodgers because it's going to mean that he doesn't have to necessarily do everything to put them in positions to win it's a good comparison you bring up with that Peyton Manning Bronco led Super Bowl champion squad because you're right Peyton was not the Peyton we were used to seeing but that was a championship style defense number one in the league at the time with a young Von Miller and a couple Mm -hmm. other studs in the mix Packers kind of got the same thing going here. Low blueprint. Rodgers get a little long in the tooth. Probably his last two, three years in the league. At least at this peak, Rodgers were used to. And they're just going heavy defense, man. Four in the top 100. They mm-hmm. had two more first-rounders into the mix. And that's without guys like Darnell Savage, who was a first-rounder, uh, and, and a couple other, I mean, pretty rock-solid guys defensively that didn't necessarily crack the top 100 list. Rest of the NFC North, the Bears, the Lions, not that fun to look at if you're one of those teams fans this morning. The Bears and Lions have a combined one player on the list. 22 starters, two ball clubs, that's 44 starters, and one guy makes the cut. You want to guess who it is? Take a stab. On the Bears? Yeah, which one guy made the top 100 list from the Bears or Lions team? Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be defense. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm thinking he's a former St. Louis Ram. Getting warmer, warmer, heating up, heating up. How about hot, 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 hot. Robert Quinn for one hundred? Bing, 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 bing. Robert Quinn for the Bears at seventy-two. That's it, though. The Bears, of course, trade away Khalil Mack. He's mm-hmm. forty-three on the list, but no Roquan Smith. No for the Lions, T.J. Hawkinson, Frank Ragnow, Taylor Decker, Penny Sewell. Remember, we talked about the PFFs offensive line rankings and the Lions came up third on that list yet not one single guy from that unit cracked Prisco's top 100 players so too bad better luck next year I guess Chargers had the most of any other team on the list with nine guys Justin Herbert Derwin James Bosa Mack Keenan Allen Corey Lindsley Austin Eckler, J.C. Jackson, and Rashawn Slater, who was just a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. When you look at the list as a whole, what else sticks out to you? Any big surprises, obvious snubs, guys ranked way too high, too low. I know you mentioned defensive heavy, some tackles, Micah Parsons. Anything else jump out at you? You know, it's interesting. Um, I'm looking at number 59, and they got Creed Humphrey in here. That's as, what I was going to mention. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, like a rookie. And... They're already calling him one of the best centers in the league when the Vikings have one of the best right tackles in football that didn't make the list. Mm -hmm. And Brian O'Neill, I think that was probably an obvious snub for me. But like I said, if you don't really follow the Vikings that much, and especially being that, you know, they didn't, you know, make the playoffs, make too much of a splash, just middling team, 500 about team. Like, I think that's probably one of the reasons why you know, more Vikings didn't get any love. You know, I think maybe some consideration could have been given to like Eric Kendricks. How about maybe even Kirk Cousins? I know he's a little bit of a lightning rod sometimes to talk about, but top five statistically a lot in a lot of categories every year. With those stats, man, I would have put him on this list. But, you know, with who is on here, I think it's kind of hard to kind of say like, okay, who comes off the list if if he's on the list. And also I think it's interesting too, you know, um, Adam Thielen had a pretty solid year last year, mm-hmm. double-digit touchdowns, and for some reason he gets left off the list and a guy like DeAndre Hopkins gets put on the list. And he only played in 10 games last year. And I understand, like, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in football, but – you know, we always talk about how Thielen is is underrated by a lot of people. And he just goes out there and, and just makes plays and one of the most productive receivers in the league. He couldn't get any love on this list either. Vikings fans probably banging the table for those guys you mentioned. Brian O'Neill, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen. All I think could make a strong case for making that top 100. You mentioned some young guys on there. Micah Parsons, top 15 in the league already. Unbelievable defensive rookie season last mm-hmm. year. Rashawn Slater sitting there at 60. Jamar Chase cracked the top 20 as well. But you highlighted my guy I was going to mention. Kansas City Chiefs used the last pick in the second round to select center Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. All he does is go on to put up apparently the best center season of anyone else in the league as a rookie. He's already wow. a top 60 player in the league, as you mentioned, at 59. 
pretty wild. Rashawn Slater right behind him. He had an outstanding rookie season last year. I know a lot of draft nerds like myself were hoping he'd fall to the Vikings. Turned out to be a great year last year to draft an offensive lineman, though. Vikes fans hoping, of course, Christian Derrissaw can continue to develop into the first-round pick we saw flash last season when he finally got healthy. My biggest snub, my only knock, and I can't imagine putting together a top 100 list. Oh, my God. It's tough. 22 starters on it's each tough. team, 32 teams. Forget about it. But yeah, Quentin Nelson at 37, I'm telling you right now, maybe he had a little bit injury plague season last year, but Quentin Nelson is one of the best offensive oh, linemen in the entire NFL. Yeah. If you were to go back and do a redraft of that class, he should probably go top three. And that's saying something because playing a guard position is not sexy. It's not fun. You don't get talked about a lot. But Quentin Nelson is peak offensive lineman. That's what you want in your offensive lineman. I'm excited to watch him bounce back this year. I think if I was doing a top 100 list, he'd have to make my top 10, if not even top five. That's how high I am on He's uh, just Quentin nasty, Nelson, man. man. He's just a beast, man. A Grinder. bully and a foam boot. Yeah, man, absolutely love him and love when he gets a little bit of attention because, again, guard positions and not going to get talked about a lot. Quentin Nelson, though, you can flip on some highlights of him. Even him as a guard is pretty fun to watch. Tossing people out the club, man. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, you don't even have to pay him. Yeah, I know I don't work here. No, I don't work here. I just do this for fun on the weekends. Yeah, a little light workout. All right, coming up, talk some twins and their chances at winning a World Series ring. Plus, later, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. But first... Our partners at Bet Online continue to be your number one source for all your betting needs. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports info, including this year's basketball finals, Major League Baseball, fights, and even NFL futures. Hey, Reggie, throw 20 on the Celtics for me tonight. Come on, man. Come on, I know a guy. He says it's a lock, free money. Mm -hmm. Come on, man, mm -hmm. they're giving it away. Mm -hmm. Head to the website today. Use your <laughs> mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, let's talk about those twins, shall we? Twins win the series yesterday versus the Mariners. They've now won two of three from the Rays, two of three from the Mariners. Starting to heat up a little bit, find their footing here as we get into the thick of the summer, two and a half months into the MLB season. Sonny Gray makes his long-awaited appearance. He comes back, pitches a gem, five innings pitch, just a three-hitter, three Ks, no walks, no earned runs. Twins win 5-0. Luis Arise, 1-for-3 with a walk. Two RBIs. Carlos Correa with an RBI. Ryan Jeffers with an RBI. Twins win 5 ribs. Again, starting to find their footing a little bit. If they can just keep winning 2-3 or every time, oh my God, you'll take that all day, won't you, Reg? Absolutely. Especially, you know, they got a little bit of revenge from the Mariners who kind of beat up on them in that first series of the season. Kind of beat up on Sonny Gray a little bit in that first series of the season. And, you know, most people expected the Mariners to be really good this year with, you know, some of the moves that they got, especially, you know, getting Jesse Winker and A. Eugenio Suarez from the Reds. And, you know, Suarez did hit a two-run bomb against Joe Ryan the other night. And you're just like, okay, but Winker didn't even play yesterday. And you're just like, wow, okay. All right, well, let's beat up on these Mariners then. You know, I said on the sportscast last night at CARE, uh, due to them, what was done to me, they got beat 5 nothing on uh, Monday and then Tuesday they come back. No, I'm sorry, on Tuesday and then on Wednesday they come back and beat them 5 to nothing. It's just like, all right, here we go. It's funny because we saw a lot of like 1-for-3, 1-for-4, 1-for-5 in the lineup yesterday, but they were making those hits count 
when it mattered most and they were able to, you know, get those five runs. Look, I kind of cautioned myself to like temper my expectations and I was telling everybody else in Caroland to do the same because, you know, Joe Ryan came back after an extended absence and got roughed up a little bit. And then Sonny Gray came back and, you know, so much hype was around like, oh, man, like the the twins, they did what they had to do, you know, and now bring in the reinforcements. Here we go. So Joe Ryan's back. Sonny Gray is back. Oh, man. And then Joe Ryan's like, boom, boom, boom. You're like, oh, wait, maybe we need to chill a little bit. Let him get his feet set a little bit more. Let's temper the expectations with Sonny, too. Sonny's like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to mow everybody down. Three hits, scattered, 3K, five strong innings, no no runs. It's all good. I got this, guys. I'm a vet. I, I got this. It's all good. You know, I was talking to one of my teammates last night, and we were just talking about how the Twins are maybe like one or two good starting arms away from just being an elite pitching staff. Mm-hmm. When Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray are not like – the first and second option in that rotation like how scary of a rotation could it be if they went out and took a swing at at a guy that you know is an ace type material one or two of those pitchers and it's funny because you know there's going to be a decision to be made about Carlos Correa coming up and you're you're like what do you do well if his money comes off the books I think they go swing for a starting pitcher and maybe they they try to strike a deal for one at the deadline, knowing that, you know, this deal with Correa is up in the air, whether or not he stays or goes. And I think he's enjoying himself with the Twins so far. They're winning, so that's a, a reason enough to enjoy. His batting average is up over 300 now, so that's great. You know, even with the, the one for four, one for five yesterday that he did. And I think that's pretty exciting when you talk about the Twins, seeing them in first place, several games ahead of the Guardians, and the the pitching hasn't necessarily been the greatest, you're like, man, we can get behind this. But I think there was some article that my guy Andy was reading that really, it's still at this point had the White Sox winning the division. Mm. And I think it's because like, they don't necessarily trust this Twins pitching to hold up. You know, you got guys like Devin Smelter who've been pretty much a, a darling, you know, this season. Going out and pitching gyms, you're just like, well, how long is that going to last? I think most people have been kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. And maybe it will never drop. You know, maybe it'll drop later. Maybe it'll just be what we've seen where, you know, they'll come out, they'll have some good outings, and then every so often there'll be some bad outings again. But you 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 take these wins, you hope that they keep stacking them as much as they can with this series, you know, coming up. And you're just like, you know, let's see what we can do. Let's see what happens. You know, Diamondbacks coming up and it's just like that's another opportunity to beat up on a team that that they should be able to win against because they have been beating teams like this. They've been beating greater teams than this, you know, over the last several weeks. And so I think it's very encouraging seeing what they did yesterday, blanking a team after you get blanked. The resiliency of this team just seems to be at an all-time high. No matter how bad it looks at any point this season, they've been able to come back, bounce back, 
and respond well to some bad performances. They don't let those things linger at all. And they come back and they bounce back with good games. And that's encouraging to see as they move forward to the season. But, like, still so much season left. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I think White Sox fans and fans of the AL Central, they want to know if the White Sox are going to make one of these blockbuster deals at the trade deadline because mm -hmm. this is supposed to be the year. This is supposed to be it. And they're still in the hunt. I mean, this exactly. thing's not over by a long shot. You got a 73-year-old manager in Tony LaRusa. You got an 84-year-old owner. This was supposed to be the year and kind of a weaker division when you look at the landscape of the MLB in this AL Central you go get one or two studs here at the deadline, and then, boom, you can make a push. We see it happen in the second half of the season every year in the MLB. So I'm going to keep tabs on that. ESPN's latest MLB power rankings were released. The Minnesota Twins staying at 11th mm -hmm. with four AL teams ahead of them. The Yankees, Blue Jays, Astros, and Rays. Now, the Guardians are now just four spots back from the Twins after heating up now these past two, three weeks. What does it mean for the Twins' chances to stay atop the AL Central? Do they have, you know, the talent to make a push past any of those four other teams? I mean, here's the thing. Here's what we know. The Twins are good. You said it a couple days ago. Maybe the Twins are just good. They're just a good team. And, and when they get healthy, they could be a great team. But can they make a push past any of these other top teams in the AL? Yankees, Astros, Razor, Blue Jays. Are they on that level, that tier one? The bats are for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw it in the last several series. I mean, they... They hit with the Yankees, you know, they call them the Bronx Bombers, but the Twins were hitting bombs too. And I think that is what you see that's encouraging from this unit. And it's, it's what you kind of expected coming into the season after they went out and swung for Carlos Correa. And then you kind of saw how some of these other guys were coming on, Royce Lewis, Jose Miranda, you know, slugging jacks out of the yard, Gary Sanchez heating up. I think the sky's the limit when it comes to the bats. But in that same regard, they can only keep up with these top-tier teams like the Yankees and, you know, all those guys if the pitching is there. Mm -hmm. And I think the Twins at the deadline should go out and get another arm of some sort. You know, they were in good shape with Chris Paddock, but now he's on the shelf. They're not going to get Kenta Maeda back for a while, you know, probably until the end of the season, if he even comes back this year. And so, like, they need another good arm. But the problem is, is they have no leverage in this situation. And so now it's a, a case of, like, okay, well, who are you going to give up to get this elite arm? Do you stand pat and just hope and pray that guys like, you know, Ryan, Gray, Ober, you know, Bundy, you know, guys like that, Archer, are going to continue to to help you. Smeltzer are going to continue to be at the level that keeps you atop the division or at least fighting for a playoff spot because if you're just going to be good with standing pat there, then maybe you take a swing in the offseason where you don't have to give up any of those prospects. But, like, I think in order for the Twins to really compete for a championship this year – I think they need to go out and get another arm. But who they give up to do that, that's the tough part of the equation. Every team, it, 
in all of sports, they all deal with injuries, right? But the Twins, nobody's nobody's dealt with more injuries than the Twins. I think it was 24 players were on the injured report at one point or another already Sheesh. this season, most in the MLB. And I think it just stings a little bit for fans when you say, ah, if the Twins just had one or two more good arms, and you think, mm-hmm. we have Kenta Maeda, we have Chris Paddock, but man, lost for the season, that hurts. Although, sounds like, if the Twins were to go deep in the postseason, Kenta Maeda might be able to, I don't know, come back and maybe contribute just a little bit. He started that would to throw be nice. on the mound. That would be very nice. Twins get a day off today. They stay on the West Coast. Three with the Diamondbacks. Devin Smeltzer versus Madison Bumgarner on the mound. That pitch, 8.40 p.m., another late start. Well, I'm sure we'll recap all that action come Monday morning here on Superior Sports Talk. All right, the time has come. My favorite segment's here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with What Does It Mean? Covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, Game 1 of the Stanley Cup kicked off last night with the Colorado Avs taking Game 1 in OT versus the Lightning. Reggie, we called the Avs the best team in the NHL all season. Ever since we started this show, two and a half months ago. Clear cut, they're the best team, number one in the NHL. What does it mean, the Lightning's chances of coming back from this early deficit, knowing the talent of their opponent? Is this going to be one of those gentlemen sweeps, Avs win 4-1, to one, or Lightning are no joke. They've won the last two Stanley Cups for a reason. Can they make this thing competitive and push, you know, six, seven games? Absolutely. I think this series is going at least six games. Based on what happened last night alone, you know, they, they get out to the 2-1. 3-1 lead, and all of a sudden you're just like, ooh, we like the avalanche. Whew. Goodness gracious, this team is just far and away the best team in, in hockey. And then all of a sudden, the heart of a champion, the Lightning, come back and tie that thing up, and it goes to OT. And you're just like, man, like never underestimate the heart of a champion because, you know, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions – and, like, this team doesn't mess around. They've looked dead in the water a few times during this postseason. And they've come back. You know, they the, the Maple Leafs, I remember that, how that started in that series to start the playoffs. You know, the, the Rangers series, you're just like, oh, man. Oh, man, is this it? Is this the team that's going to take them down? They finally got to Vassie. And all of a sudden, they just turned it on and whooped up on the Rangers to end that series. It was just like, dang, like they didn't even have a chance. It looked so promising at first, and then they just took their hearts from them. And so I think because they have that championship pedigree, I think they're going to be in every game, and they are going to do what they have to do to push this to six or seven games. And we need that, okay? Like we're not ready for this to be over that fast. Like nobody wants to see a gentleman sweep. Maybe except for the people that live in Denver and Colorado, you know, like nobody wants to see that. Let's let's go six. Let's go seven. You know, I I would love to see them battle like that. I love games that are three to three, four to three, because that means that, you know, we've seen a lot of goals. And like for someone who's like me, who's just kind of getting into the game a little bit, like we like to see goals. We like to see that action. Sometimes I don't understand all the fights. Like, why are you guys fighting? You mad at them? (laughs) Did he say something about your mother? Like, I don't know. Like, bu- this guy owes me 20 bucks, man. Did he say something about your wife? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Why are you punching him in the face? Probably. But, did. like, seeing the goals being scored like that, like, it's very exciting. And, like, the pressure, you could feel, like, the tenseness of the series. Just, like, who, like, you know, when the playoffs come, it's just that 
extra level of intensity that's really fun. And so I really enjoyed that game last night, and I'm looking forward to seeing at least five or six more of them. Yeah, if nothing else, an entertaining game one for sure. Couple days off. Square off in game two on Saturday, 7 p.m. Central Puck drops. Game two again in Colorado. All right, next one up. Couple tweets here from Aaron Gleeman. In the past 40 years in the MLB, the highest batting average through 300 games. Wade Boggs, Ichiro, Tony Gwynn, Pujols, A-Rod, and your very own Luis Arise. Six on the list with five Hall of Fame names in front of them. Another stat from Aaron Gleeman. Minnesota Twins' highest OPS by a shortstop, Carlos Correa, ranks number one right now with 141 over guys like Roy Smalley, Jorge Polanco, Christian Guzman. My question is, who's more valuable to the team right now? Is it Luis Arise or the way Carlos Correa has just started to heat up? It's got to be Luis Arise. I think Because so. yep. you know... You know, if if Correa is healthy and he's out there contributing like you expect him to, you know what he's capable of. You know what he can do. Luisa Rice has been the most pleasant surprise of the season. And the dude has just been productive. He's such a fun player as well. He just looks like he's just a joy out there. He's having a blast. And I think that is the coolest part because I think that that brings a level of excitement and intensity as well to the fan base when you see a guy out there just raking like that. And like every day you come to the ballpark, you're like, man, what is Luis going to do today? Like, is he going to hit a home run or is he going to hit like three, three doubles? Like, what is he going to do? Like, is he going to go three for five today? Is he going to go two for four today? Is he going to go three for three today? Like, I think that's really exciting. Like, Luisa Rise is one of those throwback players, like, you know, and I hate to make comparisons like this, so just hear me out, okay? Hear me out. I understand low volume, not at a, a longer time span. We'll give you one. Go ahead. All right. But when you think about what Luisa Rise is doing, you think about guys like Tony Gwynn just comes up to the plate and you're just like he's about to get a base hit mm. and then you just watch it happen like Tony Gwynn was one of the best at doing that like just hitting for average it was always up there and Luisa Rise is kind of showing himself to be a guy like that now I understand like it's just a small sample size and you want to see him do it over the course of the season and really string along season after seasons of being productive like this. But it is certainly exciting to watch right now. Yeah, another fun stat, Carlos Correa. He hit 167 in his first 16 games for the Twins. He's hit 388, 447, 583 mm. in 25 games since then. Correa now has the second highest OPS of his career. That's all fine wow. and dandy. That's great. That's a lot of fun to watch him heat up and start to play to his potential. But when you're talking about Luis Arise, as you mentioned, we're talking about not just a good season. We're talking about historic Mm. historic season and when you're getting flung out with names like as you mentioned tony gwen ichiro suzuki wow. Wade box a rod even joe mauer another local legend you know you're on to something truly special and it's a lot of fun to watch both these guys obviously heat up and just have the seasons at their season but luisa rise right now on another level in baseball and clearly the more valuable player to his team that's for sure all right that's a wrap folks we're back here tomorrow breaking down more twins vikings plenty more remember to like 
rate, review, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at ReggieWilsonTV and on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.